Hey, welcome back. This is Groundhog's Day, February the 2nd. Uh, this is Hear Me, Follow Him. If you're back, uh, this is episode five uh, coming up here shortly. I want to say thank you again for tuning in. Hey, hit the follow and our subscribe or download button so new episodes automatically come. Uh, February 22nd, that's an important date. That is the start of Lent. I know that's 20 days away, but be considering. Be considering what we're going to do to give up, uh, to honor uh, the Lord as we move towards Easter. And that's how this series is going. I'm dropping one every five days, bringing us to Easter, the story of the Gospels. If you're enjoying it, hey, hit the donate button. Send one dollar if you're donate. If you um, if you enjoy the podcast so far, or give me a comment, just something that I, or a review, something to just give me some feedback and see whether this is um helping or doing anything for anybody. I always like to say, hear me, follow him. Here is episode five. Okay, last time I ended with uh, the book of John chapter 3. I think we ended at 36, the whole thing. So I want to jump right into uh, John 4 and just follow the succession of the story because this is where Jesus starts to increase and John in jail is already decreasing. But Jesus is increasing in stature. So uh, if you look at uh, John 4, it starts with, um, to paraphrase, it starts with Jesus leaving Judea. And the reason why he's uh, leaving Judea is because I think they, the Judeans and the Jews at that time and the religious leader followed the very same template that they were following with John the Baptist. See, Jesus's disciples had started baptizing. And so it, it wasn't going to take long that they were going to send all the Pharisees to come after him to come questioning. Why are you baptizing? Who are you? So Jesus is like, hey, chunk up the deuces. I'm going to head out to Galilee. So he's headed to Galilee, but he goes through Samaria. And um, and I remember this because I love the Old Testament. Um, Samaria is was really owned by the Israelites. It was one of the uh, in the book of Kings or or Chronicles, I believe it's Kings. It was one of the military leaders that took over uh, who bought that that area from somebody whose name was sort of like Samaria named the Samaria. I think he was either the father or or the grandfather of Ahab, the king, who will go on to have Jezebel. So uh, Samaria, is, uh, it's got a history of, um, of them knowing some of the scriptures, because I believe some of them are descendants of Israelites, put it that way. In that time when, they, when the field was purchased, this is in the Book of Kings, this is probably like 800, 1,000 years ago, hundreds of years ago for sure. I'm not 100% sure on that, but here we are in today's time. Jesus is walking through Samaria, leaving Judea, because I definitely believe that he's about to be questioned about why he's baptizing. There's a distinction in there that says Jesus was not baptizing. His disciples were. They were still baptizing by water because a lot of them were people who followed John and just people who heard all the different things from what he was doing already at the temple. He already went to the temple at a Passover and drove out the sheep and the oxen in a, in a book of John chapter two, I believe. So he had people already follow him. But here he is at, uh, in Samaria uh, on his way to Galilee. And he stops by a well. And it says a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her four words, give me a drink. And I want to back up for a second and say, isn't there something in a name? Like if somebody says, hey, yo, come over here. 
or somebody says, hey, Brad, come over here. Like there's something in hearing your name. There's a familiarity. It it was kind of odd when I moved out of my house. And I don't know if this has occurred to anybody else. When I moved out of my house and got an apartment for the first time, I swear I would hear my mother's voice saying my name audibly. And I would look around like it was the weirdest stuff. But there's just it. In a way, now that I'm older, I don't know why that kind of comforts me, but I don't know what was going on there. But there's just something in hearing your name. You walk into a room and somebody, hey, John, hey, Bill, come here. Instead of hearing, yo, bro, bruh, and all the things that you hear when people don't have that familiarity. But here we are. This is an unnamed person here in the Bible, an unnamed woman at that. And Jesus is talking to her and says, give me a drink. And it, it, it's so awesome in John 4 because they have a dialogue and, and like, uh, I'm going to try to paraphrase it, but this is uh, all through John 4. When I hit the scriptures, I'll, I'll verse it out. I'll say the numbers so you know where I'm at. But in paraphrasing, the, the Samaritan woman said to him, like, how is it you, a Jew, even going to ask me, a woman of Samaria, for, for anything? Because, you know, Jews never had, didn't have any dealings with Samaritans at the time. And so Jesus responded to her. If If uh, this is verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman responded back in this in this Q&A. Very respectful. She always said this. She started with, sir, you have nothing to draw water with. And the well is deep. Um, Where are you going to get that living water from? Are you greater than our father Jacob's? So you can see this woman is learned of the history. She knows it's Jacob's well. She knows about Jacob and and the history of the Jewish people. And she said, you know, he gave us this well to drink from. And our sons and livestock did. And Jesus answered her question here. It is awesome. She's this woman is having a Q&A. And Jesus answers her and says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And that was on verse 13 and 14. And the woman said again, respectfully, sir, give me this water so I won't have to be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. I grew up in Nigeria and in certain parts you did have to walk. Maybe it wasn't like great distances in my life, but we had well water. But you have to go out there and lower the bucket with a little crank system and pull water up. And I'm sure in these days back then you might have had to walk a a kilometer or two kilometers just to get water or to get water for your livestock. But when she heard that she wouldn't have to come back to the well, that's what hit her head. She's like, sir, give me this water. And then Jesus said to her something different all of a sudden in verse 16, kind of testing her out, says, Jesus says, go, call your husband and come here. And the woman answered truthfully, I have no us, no husband. And Jesus said to her in verse 18, you are right in saying I have no husband for you have had five. And the one that you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And man, in this q and I know she's stunned. She's like, how do you know this? But you know, this woman knows her Jewish history. And again, she respectfully says, sir, I have perceived that you're a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. And then Jesus responded, woman, believe me, 
The hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in, in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship. Now listen to this, and I'm going to go through that. This 23 is what I think is so beautiful, and it's John 4, 23. Salvation still has to come from the Jews, and Jesus is that salvation. Now, this is just a random woman from Samaria, not from Judea, not from Jerusalem, where the religious people are from the day. This is a random woman, no name, from Samaria. And Jesus is, is telling her these things, but the hour is coming where God is seeking true worshipers in the spirit. That's what the father will be seeking. He says the hour is coming and is now here because he is there with her. She doesn't know this, right? But Jesus goes on to say this in verse 24. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And that is such a strong statement, a very strong statement that's very pertinent to us today. Because I know there's times that, that I've came to the Lord. I would, I would admit it and say almost half-hearted. I'm thinking of my plan and trying to interject them in here for like a little superpower to get over the finish line. And yeah, but that's not how it works. True worship is in spirit. Uh, later on in scripture, you'll see in um. In the New Testament, it goes on to talk about we have a spirit in us that's interceding and groaning with things we don't understand for the things that we need. And even Jesus, while he's ministering, goes on to tell us that, that the Father knows what we need before we ask. We just need to worship in spirit and truth and come humble. But verse 25 here in John 4, to get back to that, the woman answered him, and this is her knowledge. She knows this. She says, I know Messiah is coming. He was called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus actually professed to a Sumerian unnamed woman. I who speak to you am he. Oh my goodness. Later on in scripture, if when he says, I am that was going to be the time for the stonings, the beatings, let's, let's get him, let's persecute, everything. When he says, I am. But he admits this to a Sumerian woman on his way to, um, to Galilee. And at that point, uh, in verse 27, to start to paraphrase, it says that his disciples came back because he was sitting there at the well. His disciples went to go get food in the town. And so when his disciples came back, the woman left and she left her water jar and went into the town. And his disciples are like, hmm, I wonder what he was uh, doing uh, talking to that woman. But nobody questioned him. I mean, this is Jesus. And so they came back and they were um, they're, they're saying, Jesus, we went into town. We got some food. You ready to eat? And Jesus responds to them in verse 32, uh, I have food to eat that you do not know about. And so his disciples were scratching their heads. Uh, did somebody bring him food while he was sitting here at this well? And Jesus starts to increase and teaches them in verse 34 and says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. He's starting to, he's starting to already tell them that, look, uh, Basically, man does not eat on bread alone, guys. And what will feed you is doing 
what's feeding me is doing the will of the one who works. And he, and he goes on and teaches them. But the woman, meanwhile, she had ran into the town and started telling everybody. I mean, the, the woman had had uh, five husbands. She's laying with somebody who is not currently her husband. But her knowing the scriptures, I don't know if, if people just heard her and automatically believed, even though she had a checkered past. But they must have they must have still been waiting to be freed out of their bondage, too, and follow the scriptures as best as they knew it. Right. Or knew some of the history uh, of, the, of the Jewish culture, even though there were Samaritans and had no dealings with Jews. But the rest of the town believed her. I mean, a she left her water jar. I bet you that water jar was worth something. Because whenever uh, after the disciples showed up, she left her water jar and bounced, ran to that town and started telling people. So, you know, the Samaritans came out and here we are now. We're having uh, Jews and and got all these Jews. The disciples of Jesus are with them. The ones that were following all these Jews are now dealing with the Samaritans. But it ends with them saying like uh, with the, with them begging Jesus to stay for two days and. Jesus actually does, and he teaches them. And in verse 42, they say this, the people of the town, after two days, they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the capital savior, capital savior of the world. And Jesus stayed there for two days and then departed to Galilee. But this is immediately after John says he must increase and I must decrease. Jesus Christ starts to increase and he can show himself to Samaritans, the ones who are not supposed to know the religion, the one who are not supposed to know the faith. All things come from uh, Jerusalem, from the council who have all the rules and all the laws and what you must obey to be one with God and here the Samaritans are with open hearts and Jesus Christ has revealed a lot to this woman who went to this town he stayed there for two days and Jesus Christ already starts to increase let it be the same way in our lives that when you hear the truth because the woman could have denied that how do you know that do you know my cousin Jimmy you looked it up on Facebook there was a tweet on that man I shouldn't have posted everything other than saying, oh, my goodness, you know, some of these things are lining up with this man who knows all about me. And she leaves her water jar in haste to tell others, like, is this what we've been waiting for? The Christ revealed and Christ actually reveals it. So maybe the same way in our lives that when we hear the truth about ourselves in the light of Christ, that we drop even the things that we drop that iPhone, drop that video game controller, right? Drop the things you find pertinent. Chase the truth, share the truth. And once again, hear me, follow him. Amen.